Well, hello, good morning, America. Welcome back to Let's Talk Life and Business, America's podcast, best podcast on earth, as we like to call it here, because like our guy told us last time, because our abuelita thinks so. <laughs> no, man, I miss that guy, man. That local podcast, it was good. Today, we bring you another special super guest, Jamil. This guy, you are going to love. I've spoken to this guy for the last few minutes. And I am very engaged on everything he's coming up. He is a very open-minded individual, as I like to call. Jamel, how you doing? He's got his own podcast as well. I'll let, you, I'll let him tell you a little bit more about that. But, uh, Jamel, tell us a little bit about what's going on, man. How are you? I am great. I've had a pretty busy week, productive week. It started out by duck hunting, uh, which was my first time duck hunting, by the way. And that was really cool. And then uh, I got to interview Tim Kennedy, former UFC fighter and Green Beret, on my podcast. This was just a couple days ago on Thursday. And uh, made a bunch of money in the stock market, and now I'm here. <laughs> hey. Sounds like a productive week to yeah, me. that's right. Man, I like that you said duck, duck hunting. So wh- where was this at? Uh, Fort Hancock. So I went to El Paso to uh, visit some family for uh, Thanksgiving, and uh, there's a spot out in Fort Hancock where apparently we can hunt ducks. And I, I didn't know this. You know, 15 years in El Paso, I was looking for a place to hunt, to hunt ducks. I had no idea. It was just an hour and a half away. And so now I'm flying all the way over there just to go hunt ducks. Wow. And yeah, yeah. It was cool, too. It's uh, I've hunted dove before. Duck is more challenging, even though it's a much bigger bird, so you think it'd be easier yeah. to hunt. But the fuckers are fast. <laughs> <laughs> they come in at 60 miles per hour. So, wow. like, you see the duck far away, and, like, I have to keep my fingers in my, in my hands in my pockets because my fingers get cold. You know, we're out there at 6 in the morning. And um, you see them coming away, and you go, okay, I have a second to, to grab my shotgun. No, you don't. They're, 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 they'll be over there and then they'll fly right past you. No kidding, man. So yeah, yeah, it was a tough hunt. It, we couldn't get them to come in close. So there was I shot a big fat mallard hen. I'm gonna eat it for dinner tonight, actually. <laughs> and uh, it was so far up above me. Do, do you know? Are you good with shotguns like gauges and calibers and all that? So I was using a, I was using a 12 gauge three inch shells, which is pretty big. Yeah. And the thing was so high up in the air that I shot it and it didn't even come down. It just started freaking out over my head. So I had to shoot it twice to bring it down. Oh, Lord. But, I, but you know, there's something really cool about your lunch meat falling out of the sky. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just like it's raining meatballs, just like this big fat meatball just hitting the ground. It's pretty cool. I think that's why they're so tender because they, <laughs> they fall from 40 meters up in the air and hit the ground and just yeah. get tenderized. Well, that's awesome, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a great yeah. way to start it off, right? Yeah. Talk a little good stories about duck hunting. So that's awesome. I actually haven't haven't had a chance to go and do that, but that is definitely something that I would love uh, love to do. So yes, yes, and I think uh, mm-hmm. I think it's a problem that that it's it's kind of like with social media. You know, one of the things that they censor is stuff like that, stuff mm-hmm. that has to do with hunting. Yeah, and I actually put up a video afterwards of me just removing the skin off the off the duck breast. And that video got, it wasn't, it wasn't flagged or anything, but some people, like some of my friends were telling me, Hey, we can't see this video. It's flagged it's as sensitive content or yeah. something. I'm like, all I'm doing is taking the skin yeah. off the, like, what, why is this? And it's, you know, what pisses me off is it's probably like some fat guy sitting there eating a burger, <laughs> blocking my, my duck hunting video. And I'm like, bro, we're like, you're eating. It's just, the whole thing is stupid. It's a vegan. It, you know, it could be that. Yeah, it could be soy boy. <laughs> That that's you know they're trying yeah they're trying to turn all these men into soy boys they're like no don't eat steak eat tofu drink soy milk <laughs> forget you know like put soy milk in your in your latte and th- that's where the term soy boy com- comes yeah. from because a lot of a lot of uh, soy intake will raise your uh, estrogen and give you tits wow. <laughs> 
That's funny, man. Well, <laughs> it's hey, a fact. Look at how serious, dude. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I've never. Yeah, I don't know how people would just eat fucking vegan stuff, but uh, I, f- I feel like we need meat, man, you know, to, to fucking, to like, really feel, like, I, I'm seeing even stories of people that go from, you know, from normally eating, but they go vegan, and they just, it, it just, it's super bad for them. They all revert to yeah, meat. Yeah. They all do. They I, may, I they may last it. a year, they may last two years, yeah. they may last for three, but they all go back to meat. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't do it. But, okay, so Jamil, tell us a little bit about you, man. You know, the, the people always like to, uh, love to hear the stories about who we bring to our podcast. Obviously, you have one of your own, so we're excited uh, to plug that one in so people can, can go out there and support you as well. Uh, tell us a bit about your podcast, a little bit about you, where you're from, your upbringing. Love to hear stories within that. All over the world, brother. Um, my my um, uh, my nationality is Lebanese. Oh. So as far as as far back as I could trace my family tree, everybody's in my, in my family's from Lebanon. Except uh, now, my nephews are are mutts. My sister married a white guy from Colorado. So, oh my God. <laughs> Colorado. <Yeah. laughs> uh, so uh, everybody's from Lebanon. I uh, was born and raised in Dubai and came to the states when I was about 13, 14. Uh, straight to El Paso, Texas, and uh, you know it's it's um, when I landed in El Paso. So I, like my first crush was Britney Spears when I was like twelve years old. Yeah, and when my <laughs> parents were like, "Hey, we got our green cards, we're going to America," I was like, "Fuck yeah, I'm gonna go find a bunch of women that look like Britney Spears." Well, if you know anything about El Paso, <laughs> there <ain't none> of <laughs> nobody there looks like Britney Spears. So I landed at the airport. I go, "Mom, where are we?" <laughs> She's like, "We're in America." I'm like, "No, we're not." <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, I went to El Paso. That was 05, and uh, last year came to San Antonio. Uh, that's in a nutshell. I started my podcast, The Barbar Show, in uh, 2020 Yeah, during the pandemic, like uh, millions of others who, who, who did the same thing that year. And uh, it's, been, uh, it's been great. It's been fun. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I like, I like talking to people. So yeah, we've seen a few episodes there and that, that was, the, you, you're, people love it because you're just like kind of what we like to do here. Just keep it open. Yeah. Raw material. Raw. Yeah. Like speak the truth. Talk to me about how it was. I mean, you know, so Dubai and then the States, why would someone want to move from Dubai? Cause it, you know, I'm just looking at it from an American perspective and everybody's dream would be to move to Dubai. No. Have so, you ever heard of so the Dubai dream? I, I have not. No, so I've heard have, of the American dream. Yes, we have. Yeah. So, okay. So there's the American dream. There's no other dream. Oh, wow. Right. Have you heard of the, the Chinese dream or the Italian no, dream or, no. the, or the Romanian dream? Nope. But there's the American dream. How is it growing up in Dubai though, as a child, you know, I, or how was your upbringing? Like it was a middle class lower. I mean, yeah, middle class. I would say my dad worked his ass off. Uh, we, we had, we, we definitely never felt like we were struggling as kids. I know my parents were struggling, but you know, as children, we had, we went to good schools. We had, we had tons of toys for, to open up on Christmas and that kind of thing. Uh, so, so my upgr- my upbringing was pretty good. I think as a child, really, it doesn't matter where you are, as long as you got a soccer ball, you can kick. You got some. Yeah. You know, you're not like you're not in a war zone or something like that. You're not in an abusive household or that kind of thing. I think as a child, you can live anywhere. It doesn't matter. Right. Right. No, I think that's very true too, yeah. as well. So. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So, yeah, you got me thinking. I've never heard of the Mexican dream as well. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> I think that's what they sell at Taco Bell. <laughs> Shit, dude. That, if the Volcano Taco. If that's what that is, man. That's, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't even like know it. if they have those anymore. Dude, they need to close those down. But, uh, yeah. Wrong way. <laughs> 
No, that's all. So tell us a little bit what what inspired you to uh, start on your own podcast. Really, like what what's the whole purpose of it? What you know? What is the end goal? Why why would you know Jamal start goal, a podcast? Yeah, on? the end goal is to be my own boss. The end goal is to get up when I want to and go to sleep when I want to. Yeah. And you can't do that when you have a job. And I have a job that gives me tremendous flexibility. I'm uh, I'm a I'm in pharmaceutical sales, sort of not really pharmaceutical, but that kind of thing. And as I, I like to tell people, I'm a drug dealer. Uh, but uh, that, that's that's where I'm at. And I, I have a job that gives me tremendous flexibility and freedom, but it's still a job. I still have team calls that I have to attend that I may not want to attend or feel like attending that day. I still have to do all this corporate compliance, this and that stuff that I think is nutty and stupid, frankly. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is just is just plain bullshit, you know, like these celebrating diversity uh, uh, the things that we have to go through when you work in a corporation. It's just stuff that you have to put up with. And I don't yeah. want to put up I don't want to put up with anything that I think is stupid. Yeah. So that's the motivation. And so the, how do you do that? Well, you have to purchase your freedom. Well, how do you purchase your freedom? Well, you figure out what your freedom is going to cost you. What's the cost? It's however much money you need to live the life that you want to live. And that's different for everybody. For some people, yeah. 10 grand a month is the dream. You know, they talk about making six figures like, oh my God, if I can make six figures, whoa, that's, you know, that's, yeah. that's incredible. For some people, it's a little bit more. For some people, it's a lot more. Yeah. So you figure out what it is that you need to live the life that you want to live. And then you come up with a plan to obtain it. Well, I think that's very good. I mean, I'm, I'm really intrigued on every time that I listen to anyone and, and their career is sales. Because um, th- there's a specific type of, you know, story behind that, that really guided the individual to do sales. And that's what you do. You do sales. Why sales? The you quickest know? way to make the most money. Yeah. That's it. I got out of college and I said, you know, and I didn't even really want to go to college. I was cage fighting at the time. And my sister, my oldest sister, who's a doctor, she's always been very studious, very nerdy, c- kind of boring. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, she, <laughs> but she's uh, she signed me up for college, and I, I said, okay, well, you know, I guess I'm going to college. When I got out, I got a degree in kinesiology, and when I got out, uh, I, I just I didn't really know what to do, and I just kept asking myself, well, how can I make money? So I started looking into financial advising at first. I spent about probably close to a year trying to get into that field. That wasn't getting me anywhere. I was too young. I, that was. Just, I, I don't know, I just c- couldn't break in. And a degree in kinesiology certainly didn't help. Maybe if I had a degree in finance or business or something, that would have been a different story, I don't know. But then I started looking into pharmaceutical sales and medical sales, and uh, that was uh, also a pretty rocky road, but eventually I, I got in, and, and here we are. So n- so now you, it sounds like you're pretty passionate about it now, at least. No, uh, I'm passionate about making money. And yeah. that, uh, you know, that's something that pisses yeah, me the, off the in the money part. Yeah, like, I, you know, I, I, I did probably at least 80 interviews over the course of maybe 10 months to finally break into the industry because nobody wants to hire somebody with no experience, even though these fuckers will have a post, a job post that says, break into the medical device industry yeah. or you know that kind of thing for people with no experience, entry level, that, that type of thing. And then you go apply and they tell you, oh, you don't have enough experience. Well, bitch, if I had experience, I wouldn't be applying for this entry level job, right? As it but, said on the, re- on the freaking interview. Correct, yeah. but... Then you, then you, then I go to the interview and they tell me, well, why do you want to be in sales? Because I want to make money. Well, what, what, uh, why are you passionate about sales? Well, I'm passionate about making money. And then they just look at me like all confused. And I'm like, man, you want a sales, you want somebody who's going to go out there to try to get the biggest paycheck, period, end of fucking story. And so if you, if you want me to care about your product and your patients and this and that, you know, cool, whatever, that, that, that's all, that's all great. But either way, don't we end up in the same place? Yeah. If I'm motivated by by let, let, let's say let's say you sell something that you believe is, is enhancing people's lives and, and, and so on right <clears throat> and you're motivated by all the thank yous that you get and the accolades you say okay well you know I help this many people and that makes me feel good 
by helping so many people, by trying to help as much people as possible, you're getting the biggest paycheck possible. Yeah. By getting the biggest patient, by chasing the biggest paycheck possible, I'm helping as many people as possible. Yeah. So either way, we end up in the same place. It's so, a win-win. Yeah. For me, the question about, about motivation, you go to a job interview, they tell you, well, how do you stay motivated? And that's, that's a stupid question because- That is a stupid question. Motivation doesn't matter. I work out every day. I've been working out every day of my life since I was, for as long as I can remember, since I was a child. And guess what? You know, I do seven, eight workouts a week. Maybe two of those, I'm actually motivated to work out. The other ones, I'm dragging myself out of the house, into my vehicle, driving to the gym, making myself work out. Sometimes I get to the gym and I just sit there for like 10 minutes because I can't get myself to start my workout. I'm like, I'm so, like, I really don't want to be there. But I get to the gym, and, and sure enough, you get the workout done, and it's the same thing. It's, you, you get up, you do what you got to do. That's it. It doesn't matter how you feel. Fuck motivation. You got to have discipline. No, that, that I like that a lot because there's always something. Uh, it's discipline that to fucking leads you there, really, at that point. Uh, it doesn't matter how you wake up, how you're feeling, all that. That really doesn't matter. What matters is you're going to get the job done, just like you're saying on the on the interviews and, yep. and these questions that they ask you. So, so obviously – uh, you know, you're, it sounds like you're an amazing salesperson. Uh, and, um, what's something that you can, cause a lot of people that listen to our podcast are, uh, in sales as well, because we give them a lot of advices when it comes to sales. I'm personal, I'm actually in sales as well nice. myself. So what advice do you give those people besides what you've already mentioned, or maybe share a story that's helped you uh, really achieve the goals, uh, where, whether it's monetary goals or helping so many people out, that it would go with, with sales? Yeah. I would say <clears throat> do the opposite of what I'm doing right now. So <laughs> I'm talking a lot, but that's because I'm here to talk. When I'm selling, I talk very little. You see the book up there you have up there, How to Win Friends and Influence People? Yeah. It says in that book that the sweetest sound to any person's ears is the sound of their own voice. Mm-hmm. that if you want people to like you, you don't tell them about yourself. You sit there and let them tell you about, about themselves. And so I don't, I don't walk into a meeting with a brand new uh, prospect and sit there and tell them about how great my product is and how, how awesome I am and stories about my kids and my dog and you know, whatever. They, they don't give a shit. What I want is for them to tell me about them. And I've been in meetings where I sat there for 30 minutes and didn't say a word, but the doctor's there talking about everything, you know, whatever they feel like telling me. And I just sit there and I go, oh, cool. Yeah, I just acknowledge what they're saying. Let them talk forever. And then at the end of that 30, 40 minute, whatever it is, the time span of, of them telling me whatever they want to tell me, they go, oh, what, what is it that you sell again? Oh, well, yeah, let's do that. And, and they, they just, I, 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 I didn't even done. have to do it. Yeah, that's it. You just, you know, they just, people want to hear themselves talk. I, uh, it's all about identifying the problem. Here's the solution. That's right. Cut, well, cut, cut yes. to the chase. Yes, that too. And so you want to ask some questions that lead people towards, um, it's also in that book, actually, if you, if, if you want somebody to do something, make it seem like it was their idea. Yeah. And so if you end up telling me, like, you know, I'll have people, like, I'm trying to get them to use my service, and I'll point out some of their pain points, and I'll tell them, well, this is, a, this is actually how we operate. And they go, huh, well, why don't we just start using you for, for, for these, you know, for these patients? And I go, hey, doc, that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, hey, glad it's your you, idea. Glad you thought about <laughs> it. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. It's tough to get them to uh, go against their own beliefs, right? <laughs> Basically. Yeah, you, you, want, you want people to, to um, if they think it's their idea, they're more likely to do it. Yeah. 
No, absolutely. So um, that's on the business side. I want to move into the, the live side of it. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of things going on in today's society. You and I were talking about a few things, COVID, fryer, stuff like that. Yeah. What's the biggest issue issue that you see in society nowadays? That Self-checkout. That, yeah. <laughs> I hate self-checkout. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, I'm joking. That's obviously not the biggest issue in society today. But goddamn, how dumb do you have to be to be the customer and the cashier and the bagger? Like, can somebody just say no to this shit already? Can we, I, I've been, you know, I go to stores. I'm not even kidding. This is ha- this happens all the time now. At least once a week, I'm at the store. There's not a single cash register open. You got to go to the self-checkout. I walk right up to the person who's at the door and I say, hey, is somebody going to cash me out or is this free? And they always have call a manager or call somebody and, oh, well, sir, there's a self-checkout. No, no, no. I don't work here. Nope. I've done, been there. Done. I've done those jobs. I've been a cashier. I've been a bus boy. I've been a butcher. I've done everything, but I don't work here right now. I'm a customer. So I'm not going to go cash myself out and bag my own groceries. You pe- you need to do that. Yeah. And I literally, I'll go to the self-checkout and stand there while they scan my stuff and get me all the way to the point where I have to put my credit card in. And I'll say, all right, thank you. <laughs> I like that, man. What the fuck? I mean, what kind of, how dumb do you have to be to just, to just like continue on with this bullshit? <laughs> Well, hey, let, let me ask you this. You mentioned about you, you some of the things you've done in the past. What's the what's the worst job you've had to do? Peter Piper Pizza. Tell me about that. Easily. Bus boy at Peter Piper Pizza. Jesus Christ. Have you ever been in the bathrooms at Peter Piper? I have not. Yeah. Well, I used to clean them. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I'm so motivated to make money. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, man. Yeah, that there's, was a horrible job. There's always, to a great salesperson, always, that I was, uh, there's always a mind, little, little mind tip that goes in, in your brain and when you're like getting that cell getting that cell it's like i will not go back and clean those fucking restrooms at peter Dude, Piper. i walked in one time at closing with my buddy tennessee his name is landon he's from tennessee you can't understand a word he's saying so we always called him tennessee and we used to work at peter piper and we went into the bathroom one night at closing and there was a shit in the middle of the bathroom like just right there not even in the stall just like like, I don't know if somebody dropped it right there or dropped it in the stall and kicked it out. I don't know. I don't know what happened. But it was – and so we had to rock, paper, scissors for who's going to oh, clean man. the bathroom that day. And, I've, I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good at rock, paper, scissors. So <laughs> t- Tennessee had to do that one. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but fuck Peter Piper, bro. I like their stuffed crust pizza, though. Yeah. That's yeah, good. it's actually that time of year they have it now, so – I'm, I'm proud to go smash one of those this week. Oh well, yeah. So <laughs> t- talking about, you know, s- stuff you did back in time, uh, you know, back in the day. So if, if you could stop time and change one thing, what would that be? February 4th of last year, I would have pulled all my money out of the stock market. I made a million dollar mistake, dude. I made 90 grand in January last year in, in, in the stock market. Now I don't have millions invested. And, and so 90 grand it was was a pretty huge return. January of last year, you could have closed your eyes, picked a bunch of stocks, you yep. were going to make a, b- a bunch of money. I mean, the market ran so hot, it was insane. And <clears throat> by February, so this was, I think February 4th or 5th, the market started dropping, and within a few weeks, that 90 grand was gone. And and that, and that and then, you know, it's been going down since then, and so altogether, like if I look at the last year and a half, if I had just pulled all my money out, reinvested at the lows back in May, I probably, probably, costed myself like a good half a million dollars by not doing that yeah yeah jeez man. yeah it was fucked <laughs> yeah sorry to hear that dude nah, hey yeah. well look it's you know part of the game that's part of the game you know how much elon has lost in the last month i think it was somewhere around a hundred billion dollars yeah because the tesla stock going down yeah i mean it, mark is like what 20 some percent down right now 
Uh, it's it's down a lot. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. But, but see, here, here's the, the, the thing that people don't understand about money, and this is why poor people stay poor, because they don't understand that money is not addition and subtraction. It's multiplication. So sure, Elon's net worth is going down because the Tesla stock is going down, but he's making big bucks on Twitter, and it's going to keep going up. And then eventually, Tesla is going to recover. This is my prediction. When, when the SEC announced that he pulled a bunch of money out of Tesla to buy Twitter, I think it was like he liquidated like $20 billion worth of stock or something. The stock tanked. My prediction is it's in a matter of time, he's going to put that money back in Tesla stock and it's going to go back up. Maybe, maybe not. And I'm certainly not recommending that, it, that anybody buys Tesla stock or any other stock. Do your own research. Don't listen to me. But you got to understand that money, to make money, you have to look at it in terms of multiplication, not addition and subtraction. It's not my job is X, my expenses are Y, X minus Y, that's how much I have left at the end of the month. Here's how much the wife is going to take. Here's how much I got, you know, I got to pay for whatever. And that's how much I have left over. And th I'm going to save it. And in 50 years, yeah, anybody can stack pennies and have a, have a good nest egg when, when you're 80 if you, you want to live that way. But that's not how the rich live. When you see somebody pass by in a $2 million car, you know, and, and you've spent your entire life saving and investing in 401ks and this and that. And like, oh, I'm a millionaire now. I'm 75 years old. Yeah, well, it's a little late because yeah. you're going to die soon. Yeah, so what are you going to do with that money? <laughs> what are your beliefs now that you mentioned, uh, you know, we, I don't think we've covered this in the podcast in the past at all, but uh, what are your beliefs about, you know, death and, you know, what happens after that? I don't know. Yeah. I, I just don't know. And I'm okay with not knowing. You wake See, up in a new Bugatti. <laughs> you know, maybe, look, you know, possible. I, I just don't know. And so I don't waste time thinking about what I don't know and probably cannot and will not figure out. Let somebody else figure that out, and then I'll look at their research and, and, and form my own opinion. There, there's a human fascination with, there's sort of like a psychological requirement for explaining everything, right? And this is why religion is so popular, because religion gives you the answers to the unknown. Mm -hmm. Anything that you can't figure out, God did it. Right, yeah. you ask your you ask your parents, well, mommy, why you know why is it raining? Well, because we prayed and God made it rain so that our crops can grow. It's you know, given like, the answer and hope to the unknown. Answers and hope, absolutely, and and so hope of what? Well, for one, immortality, right? That's what the afterlife is. Mm -hmm. We want to be immortal, so so um, you you pray for that. And I've I've said before, and I'll say it again: if you took away the promise of the afterlife, you will eradicate religion in an instant. Yeah. Nobody's going to go to church and pay 10% yeah. tithing if, if you're not going to, if there's no heaven and hell. What the fuck? Nobody's going to do that. Nobody's going to yeah. get on their knees and pray five times a day if there's if they're not going to get 72 virgins in heaven. Who would do that? You know, it's just, it'd be a waste of time. So, and, and, and the other thing is you get also the promise of, like you said, the hope of uh, reuniting with your loved ones that have died. And that's huge. You see somebody who's really devastated by the loss of a loved one, right. they'll, they'll do anything to see them again. Yeah. So if you told them this is what you have to do, and when you die, you're going to go to heaven, you're going to be with your daughter again, your mother or whoever it is, they'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've talked, we, we've said some, you know, like re religion and, you know, it's, 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 it's selling hope, really, that that's what I've seen and yeah. heard for over the past years is that's what churches. Have, have you, have you seen the story of, uh, I, I think it was a pastor or something who was selling real estate in heaven? You seen that? I think he got arrested. I think he got arrested for no for, kidding. I have yeah, not yeah, heard yeah. that. Yeah, he's selling real estate in heaven, which is just brilliant. Look, I think in a capitalist economy, we should encourage that. We should, <laughs> we should, we should. I like, I, I like that's so creative. Yeah. Now you know you can have you can have your own your own discussion about whatever ethical qualms you have about it. But man, that that's 
I, I like that. I yeah. like that guy. <laughs> I, <laughs> I wish I wish I would have thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's hilarious, man. Uh, that's an easy sell. It sounds like it's well, well, and we've been doing it throughout history. I mean, the Egyptians had the Book of the Dead, mm-hmm. and the people with money would pay the scribes because not because most people were illiterate back then. But you would pay the scribes to write in the Book of the Dead what your destiny is going to be after you die. And the more money you had, the better you paid them and the better shit they wrote in there for you. But of course you couldn't tell what they're writing in there. So they might've been writing that, you know, you're, you're going to have a terrible life or whatever, but, yeah. but you didn't know. So you paid yeah. a lot of money to, to have a good afterlife, even back then. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, man, that's, that's, I, I like it. Dude, this is great, man. I like it. I feel like we've touched like, here's, you know, little nugget here, here's life. And I, I just, I love the way that your mind operates, man. So I'm just kind of, you know, I'm digging in, digging in, I digging in. I think it's in. called ADD. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I always say if you're, if you're really good at sales, you probably have ADD or something. Maybe <laughs> what, what you have to have is thick skin. You know, yes. I was just having this conversation with a buddy of mine the other day and I said, I said, Hey man, you ever feel like uh, um, he, he's also in sales? And I said, you ever feel like we have to leave our balls at home to go to work? <laughs> and he goes, dude, every day. Yeah. And it sucks because you do sometimes have to, oftentimes you have to go in and you, you got to leave your balls outside. You, can, you can't go in there. You know, even though that like this client has been bullshitting you time and time again, or this prospect, and they, they, they've told you 10 times yeah. that they're going to buy your product or use your service and you've taken them to lunch and you've had meetings and you've showed them this and that and you've done demonstrations and they're still not using it, right? That's what, what we call soft yes in sales. You've been soft yes over and over and over. Uh, eventually, you know, you have to go in and have that discussion. You have to go yeah. in and say, hey, it- I, 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 like, I like to tell them, hey, like, please do me the courtesy of being blunt. Are we going to work together or not? Because yeah. if we're not, that's cool. I'll go somewhere else. Yeah. But just, but you know, we've, we've talked a bunch of times. You've told me that this is, this is the right thing for you, et cetera. And I, I just haven't seen anything come yeah. through yet. So just tell me like, is, you know, are we going to work together or not? Yeah. So, but that, but that's, that's what I like to put in there. That's the line I like to put in there. Do me the courtesy of being blunt because especially in today's society, people will tell you yes even though they don't want to do the thing that you're asking them to do just because they don't want to be rude, not realizing that they're being even more rude. You know, it's like how, how, like, you know, if you would have told me, Hey, can you do the podcast today at 7 PM? And I say, yes. And then I don't show up. Well, is that worse than telling you no? Yeah. It's better to tell you no. Yeah. Yeah. But if I say yes, I'm going to show up. Yeah. That, and that's, that's huge. What we talked about, you know, I feel like as a man, if you say it, then you do it. That's, that's, I mean, to me, that's just the end of that conversation to thick skin, to go back to what you said, you know, the way we like to call it in our industry is like, you can either feed your ego or you can feed your bank account, but you can't feed, feed yeah, both yeah, and fucking sales for sure. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't mean to cut you off. What were you going to say? No, no, you're good. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't know. That's no, that's a good point. You know, there's a, another version of that that I've heard is you can be liked or respected, but not both. Yeah. And I disagree with that. I think your your best clients are going to like you and respect you. And that's why I think so that's too. why they're going to give you the business. I think so, too. Yeah, yeah. I think so, too. Um, <clears throat> so, hey, I'm, I'm really engaged and, and, and intrigued. Um, you know, I'm going back and just hearing you out coming from D- Dubai. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you feel like your life would have been different growing up over there? Or if, you know, have you gone back or is that in your mind? I mean, in Dubai, I don't know. I don't know what my life would have been like in Dubai, but I can tell you this. If I was in Lebanon, I'd have been, I'd have been a criminal hundred um, <clears throat> percent. There's no opportunity in Lebanon. There's a lot of corruption. The country's in shambles. It, it, it's, it's an absolute mess right now. A couple of years ago, all the money vanished out of the banks. 
So I have relatives and friends that had their life savings, even inheritances in the banks in Lebanon, and that money was just gone overnight. Money's gone. You go to the bank, hey, where's my $100,000? It ain't here. The money's gone. Yeah. So if, if I was in Lebanon, you know, I look at my friends over there right now, some of them educated far more than I am, and they, they just, they're, they're jobless. They can't buy a house. They can't get married. They can't do anything. They're just, they sit, that's why they just sit around and smoke hookah all day because they got nothing to yeah. do. So I think if I'd have been in Lebanon, I, I certainly would have been a criminal. At some point, I would have just said, fuck it. I got nothing to lose. And if you're walking on ice, you might as well dance. So I would have tried to run some drugs or run guns or, or something. You know, I wasn't going to just sit around and let my life pass me by without doing a damn thing. Yeah. So, you know, and, and that's what happens. The, the, a, a friend of mine, Ken Del Valle, he's a criminal defense attorney. I've had him on my podcast, I think, four times. Uh, he's also a Vietnam veteran, just, just a, I, really, I really like talking to him. But he's been an attorney, a criminal defense attorney for over 40 years, and he calls drug dealing poor people's capitalism. He says, he's like, you know how many clients I've had who ran some drugs, raised a bunch of capital, and then opened a restaurant, opened a laundromat, opened some kind of business, a car wash, whatever, and then they got out of it. They came to me, they said, hey, Ken, how can I, you know, I want to get out of it, I want to go legit now. Now I have something to lose. Yeah. But at one point they had nothing to lose. So fuck it. You might as well. Yeah. No, that, yeah, that's crazy, man. That yeah. Is. The other part of your question, will I go back? Fuck no. <laughs> Dude, we just talked about the American dream. <laughs> I, I live in Texas. You know, I could go to, I could go to the store and buy, buy guns and groceries at the same time. You know, uh, like where yeah. there's not another country where you and can do that. And be doing a self-checkout. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> so that's another thing that pisses me off is like, if you're buying alcohol or ammunition or something, somebody still has to come check your ID. Yeah. So just fuck, just do it. Yeah. Waste of time. Yeah. No, man, that that is what strikes. They're always. I I don't even go shopping anymore. Like at the grocery stores, because there's always like one line open. Yeah, and then that that one line's like fucking twenty people on that line, and. But that's because slowly, but slowly, but surely, we've taken away <coughs> that that thing. I don't want to call it a freedom because that's not really what it is. Because businesses can decide to do whatever they want. But but that thing, we we've just taken it away. So I, I remember years ago when. There used to be the self checkout, and there'd be like two people over there. It's like usually like a teenager yeah. buying condoms, you know. He's like yeah. going go, <laughs> go to going to, to the self checkout because he's too embarrassed to look at the old lady at the register. But now it's and then and then slowly there was less and less cashiers and more and more self checkout. Now that's all you get. Yeah. Well, hey man, appreciate you sharing all that stuff. By the way, I I do want to take a minute out of this uh, to uh, have you tell us and really tell our listeners a lot about what do they expect if they go and listen to your podcast? What, what, what are they going to listen to? I don't even know what to expect from my podcast. <laughs> it, just, it, just, it just, it depends on the guest. So yeah. I've had uh, all kinds of guests on. I've had fighters, comedians, lawyers, uh, politicians, doctors, and it just depends on the guest. But what, what you will get is, so I do the podcast live yeah. and I don't edit anything. And part of the reason I do it live is because I feel like it's higher stakes. I have to measure my words more carefully. I have to, I have to think before I speak. Yeah. And, um, I like that. I also like that people get to see that, Hey, like this is, this is really how this is. This is not some kind of pretend thing where you've clipped all the best parts and put them together. Yeah. Like this yeah. is just what yeah. this is. This is it. Yeah. So that's what they'll get. I just did this podcast with Tim Kennedy uh, and so, of course, we talked a little bit about fighting. We talked about war, self-defense, martial arts, all that. Uh, before that, I had uh, Degenerate Derek from the Billy Madison Show, if you guys listen to that in the morning. 
uh, here in San Antonio. It's the biggest radio show in San Antonio. And Derek is the co-host. And I don't even know what we talked about in that podcast. Man. We <laughs> talked about girlfriends and sports and football. And it was just, you know, so it just depends on the guest. But I do two to three hour episodes usually. And uh, we just go. We just sit down. We go. So you do them weekly or monthly? It, 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 it depends. I was... I was pretty adamant about doing at least one a week in the beginning. Since moving here last year, it's been a little bit of a challenge to get guests on a weekly basis. So I don't have a set schedule at the moment. Yeah. yeah. It's kinda, where can they Which find sucks. you at? The Barbar Show. Everything is the bar, YouTube.com slash The Barbar Show. If you go on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever it is, Instagram, you know, wherever you go that you want to find me, it's uh, look up The Barbar Show. Or Jamil Barbar might work as well, but The Barbar Show for sure. Yeah. All, all my. Um, all my handles are slash the barbar show. Well, I appreciate yeah. you for sharing that. That's that's awesome, and and yeah. yeah, that is one of the reasons why I love podcasts because you know at least the way that you do it, the way we do it, it's it's raw, man. Like there's no mm-hmm. yes, we do short, so you can get little tidbits of the podcast, but we, when you see the whole freaking thing, that it is what it is, and it's raw material, and it, it is what you get, what you see. Yeah, why, why do we censor things? Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's, it's a tough world, you know, tough yeah. shit. Don't don't censor ducks out there. Come on, man. Just eat. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like yes, me me taking the skin off a duck breast, like Jesus Christ, that's the worst thing on the internet. You know, like it's it's so ridiculous. Yeah. Well, before we leave off, we're we're fixing to cut off here, but as we've asked our past um, people that came came in, guest, um, what is one um, advice you could give? to the youth out there. And, and a lot of the people we listen to and we go for um, is, you know, kiddos that are graduating high school or just barely figuring out life, if college is the right thing or not. Um, it's probably not. It's probably not. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, in their 20s, what what words of advice, what can what guidance can you give them from your life experience? Well, in your 20s, you, you just got to you got to get after whatever it is that you want. But if you're younger, I would say the best advice is don't listen to your parents. Don't listen to adults. They don't know shit. They're going to sit there with their hubris and tell you that they know what's best for you. You should listen to me because I'm older. I know what's best for you. Fuck you. Worry about how to get your duct tape off your taillight, bitch. I'm, I'm going to figure out how to make money. You know what I mean? Like how many adults I had growing up tell me that they know what's best for me and they're broke. And they're telling me how I should live my life and what I should do with my life. And they haven't figured out how to do it in their lives. Yeah. So the adults always want to wanna opine and, 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 and give advice to younger people. I guess it makes them feel smart and secure. But uh, don't listen to them. I've never listened to an adult in my life. You know, most of them don't even understand the internet. So... <laughs> Man, you know, we appreciate you saying that. That's awesome. And I, I really connect with, with when you say that because I see a lot of parents, a lot of adults giving advice where the advice is not even taken on their part. Yeah. And I see it a lot in, 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 in immigrant families. I know that maybe you can connect with what I'm saying is a lot of the people that come in and and then, and, and, you know, I'm doing this for my kids. But, Puck, what about your dreams? What about your goals as a parent? That's the example you're setting up for your kids. So if you're going to give them advice, fucking do something for you instead of just doing, you know, the basic shit that everybody else does. So yeah, chase your dreams. That's I like that, man. So that's it. Chase your dreams. You know, fuck everybody. <laughs> like it, it, nobody matters. Just do what you got to do. <laughs> do what you got to do that's to get it. what you need to be. Your feelings don't matter either. So fuck your feelings. Just do it. <laughs> Guys, I hope you appreciate this episode. I know I, I personally did. This was awesome to have uh, Jamil here on the, on the, on the, on the show. You can find him again on wor- social media, the Barbar show, the Barbar show. Awesome. how do you come up with that name? That's, 
Barbar is actually not my last name. It's my great-grandfather, and he was a, a mega entrepreneur in Lebanon. To this day, my family has property in Lebanon that was passed down from my great-grandfather, Barbar. Awesome, yeah, man. He was, he was a big deal, so uh, I just took his name. Well, awesome. All right. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we appreciate you coming along. Thanks, guys. Guys, thank you again for listening. Go follow up on all of our YouTube. For you guys that are listening on YouTube, thank you for the support. Go check us out on Let's Talk Life and Business. We have a lot of great new projects coming out. We have actually a conference that we're going to be doing January 14th. We're going to be bringing a lot of great speakers out there to teach you about life and business. Excited about that. So, Jamil might be one of them. Hey, you let me know. I'll be here. <laughs> all right, guys. Have a good one. We'll see you.